0: You're listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, Episode 15. Hi, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers you to reach your full potential, whether you're already in a leadership role or maybe you are an aspiring leader. Now, joining me today is Vicki Jansen. and Vicki Jansen is an author, she's a public speaker and a Senate candidate for the political party, Australian Christians. Vicki published her first book in 2009. She was recruited as a political candidate in 2010 and in 2009. she was promoted to Victorian State Director of Australian Christians and has led 48 candidates to the Victorian State election. She's also the mother of Nathan who against all odds survived childhood leukemia in actuality vicky has had an against all odds type of life surviving her own life-threatening childhood illness and coming from a rather broken background and she's gone from housemaid and waitress to sales executive author and political candidate and she attributes this to humor hard work, hope, and humility. And on today's show, Vicky's going to share where there's life, there's hope, and hope is a very powerful force. As you invest in others, you discover and develop your own skills and remember where you came from and that it's not so much about what you do as who you become on life's journey. So welcome to the show, Vicky. Thank you very much, Anne-Marie. Lovely to be here with you. Thrilled that uh, we're going to be able to share some of your insights today, particularly because so many women that I speak to, they find it extremely difficult to have hope, especially when they're confronted with challenges. Yet through your life's journey, you've obviously experienced many challenges and here you are now working in a field that's probably one of the most challenging of all, politics. I often actually say, uh,
1: Anne-Marie, that um, I was trained in rejection, which was the perfect training for politics.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. What do you think has allowed you to keep going? Um, it
1: is uh, some sort of kind of supernatural hope, I guess. Um, mm. But I think also is that I guess from a very uh, young age, I had to close down some feelings. Now, eventually, you do have to deal with your feelings in life. But I think that we can get ourselves into a lot of trouble just following our feelings. And hopelessness is a terrible feeling to follow. Mm. Putting your mind mind over matter, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. just deciding that you are not going to allow feelings to dictate your circumstances in your
0: life I love that and I think it's so important the fact that you made a decision you made a conscious decision to not let those emotions and of course the mindset I mean we can really have incredible conversations with ourselves no one else is there we can talk ourselves out of things we can talk ourselves into believing things that are untrue and and I love the way that you've said that you've just made that decision, you are no longer going to do that. Hope versus hopelessness. I mean, goodness, how can we achieve any goals uh, if we are really surrounding ourselves and feeling hopeless? So speak a little bit more about where there's life, there's hope and hope being such a powerful force because ultimately when we, through your bio, have seen that you've really held on to that, that powerful force of hope. I don't
1: exactly know where it came from to be honest but it is mm. something you can impart to others and I know that when our son was um, in his life-threatening situation with childhood leukemia, post bone marrow transplant, everything had gone wrong, you know, mm. three years of chemo, he was left in a room actually with a nurse dedicated to him and, until he died but of mm. course he didn't um, so he was quite the miracle kid but Um, He was in a room at one stage, they put him with another boy, Um, he mostly was in isolation, but he was put in with a a little boy at one stage, who was in a similar condition, and one day, uh, little Matthew went down to intensive care and didn't come back, Mm. and uh, of course, we didn't want to have to tell Nathan this, because they were in very similar conditions, and uh, anyway, the insight of a little boy, um, I said, you know, darling, Matthew's not coming back, Um, he's gone to heaven, and... Mm. uh, and Nathan, at 10 years old, we might have been nine, 9 or 10 at the time, he said, oh, that doesn't surprise me, Mum. And mm-hmm. uh, and I said, why do you say that? And he said, oh, because you could see that his parents had no hope. And wow. it was quite an awakening moment for me to realize, and it's certainly no reflection on his parents because we were in hopeless situations, mm-hmm. um, but that a child could actually look into the eyes of a parent and see hope or not see hope Mm -hmm. it's quite a powerful thing Mm -hmm. and uh, I actually believe that hope you know really was something that kept
0: him alive isn't that incredible from the mouth of babes sometimes yes. when we have that child like approach it can be so empowering and children can pick up some incredible lessons and impart them too which is a, such a great reminder it absolutely it is. is because i would imagine too that there are times in your career i mean we, if we think about the industry that the, the the industry of politics there can be some real brutal things that have been said um um, about you, about people in, in the industry that really are below the belt. And to think that um, if you didn't have that hope, that tenacity, you know, that really would um, have you crumble. I mean, how often do we hear people say things about us? And it really hurts us to the core of who we are. And if it weren't for hope and, and you know, hope leads to possibility and possibility leads to all sorts of amazing opportunities if you let it. Yes. yes.
1: Well, absolutely. Um, You do get hurt. I mean, this is one of the things we'd like to kind of redeem in politics is that Mm -hmm. we can be a little bit more decent in in our conversations. Uh, I know that uh, somebody looked up my bio and and commented once, oh, she's an academic lightweight. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and of course, uh, that's true. That's true I'm not an academic I came from a very different working class background Mm -hmm. and I've had a big struggle all my life and so yes from that point of view you are an academic lightweight but I was very encouraged then Uh, one night um, I heard on TV heard Christopher Pine say that I think 60% of Australians don't go to university, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm going to represent those 60 yes. percent. you know, that didn't have the opportunity or chose not to, you know, and have working life experience or just life experience. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, we can't just if we just have politicians that are high academics. Uh, That's not really representative. So you've got, you've just got to try and listen, listen to what the accusation is. You know, don't sort of go there saying I'm stupid. Um, That's an emotional response. What are they actually saying? You're not qualified and what qualifies anybody to represent other people well you know some of us have had more life experience than other people so mm. yeah I think you've just got to kind of have that discussion with yourself
0: yeah well you know you're a life skills and life experience heavyweight and you know something that I want to just touch base on if people hadn't recognized what you've just done is that you've looked at something that that came up it was a criticism or it was an area or was it was a challenge and you just flip that around you you didn't let it um, impact you negatively but looked at okay so what are some other areas because there's always a way around a way under a way over and I think if we let people's criticism because let's face it this is something that I say time and time again criticism is often nothing to do with you at all The criticism comes from where that person is in their life. And if we allow other people's opinions um, and their own values and their beliefs really impact what we believe so important, uh, we can keep stuck. We can remain stuck. And and, and from not sharing an incredible message and getting out there and serving the people who we want to serve. Do you you agree with that?
1: Yes, I do. And I think the other important thing to remember when you have people who are critical is that Um, Another truth that I learned a long time ago is that hurting people hurt other people. Mm -hmm. And uh, one way we can respond in a better way to criticism is to understand that that person is often speaking out of hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so that helps us to respond and uh, try and uh, dissolve some of the the pain, you know, because Mm Um, it is just a sad fact of life, hurting people hurt other people. Yeah. And it does give us more compassion when we think about that when we're criticised.
0: Yeah. Everybody has different beliefs, different values, and we need to go forward. And I, and I think from this is who you are, you have you are respectful of that. And, I mean, I don't know if you're following um, the US politics. Some oh, of dear. the things <laughs> that come out of some of the people's names, I won't mention any names because I'm sure you know and the listeners know who I'm talking about is I'm I'm gobsmacked and I'm thinking you know is the only way that you can get your message across by and it's not just criticizing it is hateful it really is hateful and again that really reflects on them and as you said I mean what's going on with that person that has this person make those kind of comments but look bringing it back to you know people individually in work in life when we we can surround ourselves or be surrounded unfortunately with people and, and messages that are not positive that are not bringing messages of, of of hope so it's a great reminder that you share with us today um how it is so important to you know have that hope cling on to that hope and if you can't get it from yourself be empowered and inspired by others. Until you get an opportunity to to develop it in yourself. Vicky, you say that uh, it's important to invest in others. And by doing so, we're able to then discover and develop our own skills. Love you to speak a bit more about this.
1: Yes, well, I mean, I think uh, we all start off with a fairly clean slate, and we learn from others. Mm. And um, we only really, as we learn from others, discover who we are and what you know, what are our skills and giftings. If you ask a young child what their skills and giftings are, you can see what what we do naturally. But it takes years to kind of get our head around. Well, who am I, mm. you know, and what what am I all about? What do I do well? Um, and if you're a, you know a born leader, you don't always recognise it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um I think, as you invest in other people who you respect and you sort of you know i guess i, I 've never sort of felt that i 've had a particular mentor, but I do try and um Learn from, I remember one uh, lady I worked for in a a recruitment company, and I just absolutely admired her because she was so calm and reasonable and organized and professional. Mm. (laughs) And I thought that's exactly what I'd like to be like. Yes. (laughs) And so you try and um, model, you know, copy that and I think as you invest you actually if you take and, and it's not false because it becomes you know who you are it's you, you recognize something of yourself that you you know that you need to develop and mm. and so yeah it's just it's just supporting others and you know you can be in a business supporting others and eventually you may have your own business like that one day mm. um so yeah i just think it's investing in others and and you're helping them, but actually when you invest in others, you end up getting a lot more back yourself. Yes. You learn. It's just like a teacher teaching. You mm-hmm. learn as you teach because you've got to prepare and you discover all sorts of things uh, mm. as you're preparing and then as even as you're teaching with the questions and so forth. So you learn as you're teaching
0: life we we're always uh, learning aren't we learning developing there's all sorts of challenges that we need to overcome and that develops a strength in us that we can then uh, use in other instances and impart for, for people and i think as leaders too it's such a good reminder that and we've said this in many other shows with other guests too as a leader you don't have to know everything and in fact portraying I think as leaders that we do know everything is a little bit of arrogance and um, but rather if we surround ourselves with incredible people who maybe bring other gifts and talents to the table that maybe we're not as strong as I mean that's all about leadership isn't it empowering others to be the best that they can be and together collaborate to the common goal whatever that that might be is that something that uh, you found in, in your career too Absolutely. Um, and I think this is where you
1: have to have, um, you know, a real team spirit and, and that humility because mm. recognizing or look, you know, is, you know, a certain, like I, I, I wouldn't say economics is my strong point. So I've got a, a close colleague who has really got a head around economics. Mm. And, um, you know, if I say, well, I want you to come with me and when we speak, you, you can speak on that subject. Why, you know? why you know that's her gift Mm. Um, we're working as a team and uh, you know I support what she says but she can say it so much better (laughs) so um, you know I just I just think well you've got to recognize your own gifts and your own limitations and where you have limitations you surround you get that expertise and you pull it in and so um, you don't have to worry about exalting other people um, mm. because, you know, it ends up, we're actually out there with a message and, you know, you're wanting to do something good in, in the community and uh, therefore we should be working together for that end. You've got to have a bigger vision than yourself.
0: Mm. And I think one of the um, things that we mentioned in, in your bio that, uh, you know, you've got the humour, the hard work, the hope and humility. And I think for any leader to have the ability to, you know, to have that humbleness, I think is is so important because you become then a leader that people respect, you become a leader that people want to follow and, and you know, want to, to uplift, up so to speak, because how many leaders? Leaders, um, you know, the old-fashioned way of being very democratic, and this is what you have to do, and not having empathy, compassion for their team, or for the people that they're here here to serve. So I think um, having that humility, and in some instances, people call it, um, you know, that like have that vulnerability where people are able to step back and say, "Well, I don't have all the answers. Let's have a look. Let's brainstorm. What can we come up with?" That's a great quality, I think, for leadership of today. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're facilitating and enabling other people to reach their potential. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it only takes you, you all float, you know, you all go up mm. as, as, as everyone reaches their own potential. I mean, otherwise you just become a dictator mm. and, and everyone can see your, you, your folly because you're dictating out of your, you know, weakness as well as your strength. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's foolish. Uh, you, you should try and bring other people up and let them reach their potential um and uh, you yeah, know i just think that's just so important and so it really does it does take humility you have to recognize your weaknesses
0: would you say that all of those qualities are qualities that you've really used throughout your experience in politics and the reason I say that is because politics is one of those fields that is very male dominated and I, I know many other women who are listening to the show are working in a corporation that has a lot more men who are at the leadership helm so to, to really maintain that consistency of, of getting your message something that you're obviously what what I call a stand for there's a message that you believe is so important would you say that those four qualities and maybe some others you want to talk about that have enabled you to keep focused and you know moving forward maintaining that momentum well absolutely they help me a
1: lot but of course humor is a little bit of a personal thing so mm. um, I've had to tailor a little bit because some things that you might find funny like I find some things funny um in these days people are incredibly sensitive yes and um and so my humor has uh, i've got to be careful Very that careful. i'm in a safe space <laughs> with my humor <laughs> because, yes. uh, you know, I like to have a good laugh and I can laugh at myself, so I'm not, mm. um, you know, but I always, uh, one of my favourite sayings is humour is just tragedy plus time. Mm. And uh, that's, you know, mostly we don't laugh at tragedy, but given time, you know, if you listen to most jokes, they're always making fun of somebody else's tragedy and we mm. often have to say that in our family. It's always funny when it's somebody else's problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, someone gets some funny accident happened to them and everybody laughs but when it's you it's tragic yeah yeah Um, I remember my uh, mother uh, I nursed her actually she had melanoma before she died Uh, the last three months I went back and nursed her and uh, one day we were um, she was just happened to be in front of the mirror when I was changing her bandages and she um, had just the worst case of melanoma um, all black Mm. all sores all over her arm and, and her right breast and and uh, anyway, she she made this comment. And at the time, you see, we've both got a sense of humour. She looked in the mirror and she went, she said, oh, that, can you believe that men used to fondle this breast? <laughs> well, we both, <laughs> and I mean, it was the most ugly looking thing. And mm. she, we just both burst out laughing. Yeah. And, um, and, and then I told her that joke about Lucky. I don't know if you've ever seen that advertisement in the paper, you know, a dog with, you know, mangled ear and three legs mm. and black, you know, blind in one eye and all this and and lost dog it goes by the name of Lucky Mm -hmm. and I said to mum we'll have to start calling you Lucky well from then on until Mm -hmm. the day she died you just had to mention the word Lucky and she'd Mm -hmm. just you know crack up laughing Uh, so humour has been a great saving grace you know because what can you do some situations
0: you either cry or laugh so Mm. there is a choice I love that because how many people find themselves in situations that really because there's external parties or external situations, they just don't have control over. And often we end up becoming stressed, becoming anxious, and we're focusing too much on that. And what you've just said, beautiful lesson, um, you have control over how you allow that to impact you. And whether it's a personal situation, like you just shared with, with your mother, and that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Or whether you are in a leadership role and things are crumbling around you, you've got yeah. the ability to control yourself and, um, you know, your actions as too. And that, that really is empowering because I think so many of us as leaders who feel a bit of out of control, we feel that we don't have any ability to control, but in actual fact, we do. And, and that can really impact us and, and have us be able to take that step back and go, all right, All right, what needs to change? What do I need to implement? What do we need to eliminate so that we can start moving forward and achieving what we want? So Vicky, you say that remember where you've come from and that it's not much about what you do as who you become on life's journey. Share a little bit more about that.
1: Yes, well, I think it's really to do with the, the person you are. I'm very much into the whole character development thing. And, um, you know, I, I did come from a, a fatherless home and um, my mum and her, most of her life was an alcoholic. She wasn't at the end, which was great. But, mm. um, and I had a, quite a bit of an abusive background and a difficult background. And I would say, you yeah, was exposed to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I was a broken person. And actually, I've just written a chapter for the book From Brilliant and Broke to Inspired and Abundant. And, and you know, being broke can be uh, taken in more than one way. Mm-hmm. So I was one of those sort of uh, kids, but I had the sense of humour that kept me going and I could control my feelings. But you do have to deal with them um, at some point. And it's because of who, who I am. See, I was always a hard worker. So um, people might say you were career-oriented. Well, I wasn't actually... Um, I was a housemaid and, and uh, you know, sixteen years old housemaid. I was a dishwasher at fourteen in a Chinese restaurant, and you know, then I became a housemaid. And then I, I looked in a, um, I looked in. I was working in the Travelodge hotel, and I saw the waitresses, and I thought, well, that looks like a nice job. That's not. The beds weren't on rollers then and you had these great big sort of queen size beds that you had to drag out and vacuum underneath and it was huge. Mm. And um, I thought, that looks a bit easier. I wonder if I can do that. And I thought, oh, sure, I could do that. Those, Yeah, I could do that. And then I uh, became a waitress. And then I looked from the dining room into the reception area and thought, well, that looks like a nice job. They don't Mm. even have to run around carrying trays. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if I could do that. Mm. (laughs) And I sort of, uh, I was always a hard worker, so I always got promoted and I got offered things. Mm. Um, I didn't actually have to pursue it as such. You know, I I sort of got offered jobs. Mm. Um, I was in Auckland. I was the um, the front desk manager or looking after the reception area at the Sheraton Hotel in Auckland. And I was transferred to the Sheraton Sales Centre in Sydney. So I went as a single girl of 24 to Sydney without a car, a home, uh, um, with any contacts to work as a sales executive and I'd never worked as a sales executive before. uh, Based Mm. on the fact that they knew who I was, that I had managed um, a team of people and was well um, respected within the hotel corporation at the time. So uh, I was just completely out of my depth and I I think that one of the things that we should, um, you know, feeling fear and feeling afraid is is quite okay Uh, but I would just encourage people, you can forget those feelings and do it afraid, even Mm. if you're afraid, even Mm -hmm. if your heart's racing. Just do it. And you surprise yourself and you just
0: crossed another bridge. Yeah. And I think, you know, you said you didn't, you you were offered promotions and things, but one of the key things I think that you did is you recognised something yeah. and maybe internally you had that kind of as a goal and it's like, I want to learn more. I want to do that. Yeah. And I guess unconsciously you kind of put yourself in, in the right place, maybe you spoke to the right people. But how many of us desire something yet we don't set that clear intention and then things just don't align for us? We don't set, you know, put ourselves in the right places, the right opportunities. Such a a great example. And what's beautiful about that is where you are now in your career so someone who's listening where you are now in your career doesn't mean that that's where you're going to stay for the rest of your career if you've got a goal if you've got something that you've seen hey i love that take the wonderful words of advice that vicky's just shared you know set the intention surround yourself do what you need to do take action i think that that's so important um, and grow, you know, what skills do you need to do? And I think in this day and age, um, you know, getting back to uh, academics, I mean, what was learned so many years ago, I mean, the constantly evolving world that we are in uh, means that we now de- actually demands that we continuously learn and grow and develop our skills. Otherwise, we become stagnant. So I think uh, life journeys and experiences and so forth are the best teacher um and uh, so yeah absolutely ab- i always mm. say to
1: our son you know when we used to joke if they're watching uh you know one of those life programs and we say well instead of sitting around watching the watching
0: other people's lives why don't you mm. go out and have one go yourself? Out and do it yeah exactly <laughs> so if people are listening and they're longing uh with kind of and en- or looking at envy at what other people are doing guess what the only person or the only thing that is sitting between you and that other person is yourself what do you need to do? What decision do you need to make? Who do you need to surround yourself? What actions do you need to take that will enable you to start taking the steps towards uh, that goal? Love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually,
1: years ago, one of the important things that I learned was you can't get 10 people to say no in, in a row. You couldn't get 10 no's. So mm-hmm. I would keep asking, 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 and I knew that the closer I got to 10 that I had my yes coming. Oh, uh, so whatever man. it was I was seeking, whether it was a, you know an appointment A job, you know, whatever, a sale, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever I needed. Um, And, uh, you know, that's something you just keep asking. You don't have things because we don't ask. And uh, now I found how did I end up getting 48 candidates at the last state election? Um, I just kept asking, and it was, you know, and people go, Oh, I can't believe you asked me. Actually, I was thinking about that, (laughs) you know. And How it was only true. I asked and they and it resonated with them. You know, mm-hmm. if you and and people have to hear hear it you have to ask and it resonates with someone and you'd be amazed what you think will resonate with other
0: people yeah absolutely you know I always end the show by inviting the guests to share one last word of encouragement what I'm going to do today Vicky is let that be the last word because I know so many women who desire something you want something yet they're too afraid to ask and I love the way that you've reframed that just keep asking because you're not going to get that many no's in a row and just keep asking keep asking till you get to that yes uh, yeah. and uh, what a fantastic uh, way to end the show how can people find out more about you vicky
1: well i have my own blog mm-hmm. vickyjensen.com.au it is a political blog so if people aren't political um they you know may or may not like it yeah um, but i'm on facebook yeah. um, so it's vicky v i c k i e and jensen is j a n s o n
0: dot uh, com terrific and of course we'll put all of the contact details over on the show notes something else that i always encourage people to do vicky is to join the conversation so one of the things i think i'm going to encourage people to do is what have you been too afraid to ask so whether it is approaching someone and asking them for a pay rise i mean that's something that uh, many women don't enjoy or maybe going for that promotion set the intention to go and get you know ask that question of that person and uh, in the next 24 hours now to go over to the conversation all you need to do is go to com forward slash podcast 15 leave your comment there and i certainly look forward to, to reading about that and of course go to that link and you can find out how you can connect uh, with vicky and uh, read her blog thanks so much for coming on the show vicky. thank you so much for
1: having me Anne marie it's been a real pleasure thank you
0: Now, before we uh, finish the show, we've got one inspirational message again from our sponsor, acethatinterview.com.au. Now, if you are uh, interviewing for a leadership role, a great question to ask at the end of the interview, and this is to make sure that the achievements and information you've shared position you in the best possible way, is this. Ask, how do I measure up against your ideal candidate? then stop talking and let the interviewer speak. There's a couple of reasons why you want to do this. Firstly, if they pinpoint areas that they're not quite sure about, you then have the opportunity to put their minds at ease by perhaps sharing another example that's relevant to what they've mentioned. And if they say yes, and as a matter of fact, you do fit the, the candidate profile. If you've built that rapport with them, you can add a little bit of humor, to smile and respond with that's fantastic. When do I start? Now, if negotiating a salary, or interviewing is something that you're struggling with and you'd like some support, all you need to do is go to acethatinterview.com.au. Now that brings us to the end of another episode. I do hope you'll join me again next week. Remember to subscribe to our iTunes channel, com forward slash podcast iTunes. By subscribing to our channel means that you're going to be the very first person to learn about new episodes and be inspired and empowered every week like I know you were today listening to Vicky again that link is anmarycross.com forward slash podcast itunes while you're over there if you've got a couple of seconds leave a comment rate the show that helps us get our message out to other women who are aspiring to become leaders see you next week have a fantastic week bye for now vicky bye thank you